Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. So, Tanya, Tanya, Tanya. Hi, Kat. <laughs> you don't sound excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. I'm just having a shit show of a day. I know. I am having a marvelous day. You know, it is always nice because we seem to alternate. On days that we have both have kind of a shit show of day, we just don't record. We just sit and grab a glass of wine and just chat it out. We need to do something because right now I'm about to choke a couple things and punch a couple things <laughs> and scream at a couple things. I've already cried once today, twice today. <sighs> I've already yelled once or twice today. <sighs> Uh, uh, uh. Well, we all have days like that, unfortunately, but that makes us human, doesn't it? Yeah. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about hip health and hip openers. And I think everyone that's ever come to a yoga class has heard a teacher say, today we're doing hip openers, but we never really have talked on the podcast about keeping the hips healthy and what that looks like and what muscles you should target. And what's a, what's a blooming hip opener? What the hell does that mean? What's a blooming, what's a blooming hip opener? <laughs> no, <laughs> but everyone can benefit from hip conditioning, even if you don't have hip concerns. So this is something important for everyone. And we're a nation of sitters. So sitting a lot or exercising too much can keep, can make us have weak or inflexible hips. I know. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Right. And then you think about silly things like not sitting level or leaning on one hip when you stand or when you sit down on the couch, tucking your legs under and sitting on your left hip or tucking your legs under and sitting on your right hip or driving with a big wallet in your pocket so that your hips are off level. Like, right. Like it's just mm -hmm. something as little as that. And those of us with a nation of putting our phones in our back pocket mm -hmm. is jacking our hips. I never thought about the men that wear stick wallets in their butt pocket and set The number on one thing chiropractors will ask oh. is do you have, do you wear your wallet in your back pocket, switch it to your front pocket or switch it to your leg pocket, mm -hmm. not your back pocket? Well, that's pretty incredible. But, uh, you know, I do always, and my, my hip that's the tightest is my right hip. And I do always set on my right side and I curl my right leg under and I set like this half the time. So I'm always setting on that right hip. So it makes perfect sense. But if we stretch and strengthen the muscles in our hips, it can help us build stability and flexibility and it helps us move with a little bit more ease and uh, hopefully grace and it helps us avoid injury. So it's important to work those areas. Yeah, it's absolutely important. But like just again, going back to like the basic mechanics is if you catch yourself leaning to get back onto two feet and to stand, you know, solidly grounded on, you know, two feet, like cats all shifting in her chair. Just oh, no. stick your ass straight when you're sitting yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Right. What she all said. Things like even <laughs> even when you're driving, do you prop one leg? Do you, you know, do you shift your weight even in your seat when you're driving? when you're, you know, working, when you're sitting and, you know, making a point to be sitting on hard chairs, you know, we all love our comfy couches, but it's kind of hard on our backs and it's kind of hard on our hips. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you can't, but try and get yourself at least squarely aligned and, you know, maybe a lumbar pillow so that you're not like jacking up the sacrum and such, but mm -hmm. making sure that you're using a firm back or a firm chair, but also for those of us like yogis, like really making a point to make sure that when we're seated, that our hips are higher than our kneecaps so mm -hmm. that we're keeping our hip flexors a little bit open because mm -hmm. if we sit with our knees too high our hip flexors are always flexed which ultimately pulls on our low back it pulls on the tendons around the hip including the psoas it can create sciatica like there's all kinds of things that go wrong when your hip flexors are too tight <laughs> and and the classic cause for your hip flexors being too tight is your knees being too high when you sit what do you think about the women that cross their legs legs constantly when they're sitting it's and I bad. am notorious for that I also always bad. yeah also I, bad. and I, even yeah. And, and, and it can even be guys you know even if they cross their legs or cross an ankle over a knee or whatever like any amount of cross mm -hmm. legs is bad for your hips and it's bad for your sacrum it's bad mm -hmm. for your low back yep sit square two feet on the ground yeah I think it's probably some of my spastic tendencies I can't just set normal because I'm always fidgeting and moving around and it is funny I wish people could see us on the podcast you sit down and you don't move. I move 50 million times. I was noticing that in the last podcast. I'm sitting here pulling my leg up and I'm... <laughs> So if you, you guys, do move a lot. <laughs> I, I move a lot. I can't, can't stay still. So if anyone hears noise sometimes, I don't know. It doesn't matter what's happening. It's me doing something. <laughs> Usually. And it's me trying to erase it out of the background. Whatever that was. Her squeaky chair. <laughs> I know. I know. And I try so hard to just set my ass down and be still, but it's hard. <laughs> and it's funny because I have gotten myself a chair that works. I have got myself a, the right right height foot rest so I can sit squarely with my feet on the foot rest and my body sits squarely because you know this is where I am eight ten hours a day and I want good mechanics while I'm here yeah. and so I, I make a point you know to have it correct mm -hmm. so it's easier for me to not be shifting around because I'm not uncomfortable it's I have it all set to the exact right heights for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dorkiness. But here we are. We're the dork. <laughs> well, and we need healthy hips because we have to use our hips and we have to have our hips working well because we use our hips when we, when we sit. We use our hips, hips when we stand, when we walk, when we run, when we bend. Just about any motion we do with our whole body, we're somehow using our hips. And when our hips hurt, it can just, it can even interfere with just our everyday activities. Bending down to start a lawnmower or bending over to pick up the groceries or whatever. So we can, you know, of course, hip pain can come from arthritis or different kind of joint diseases that affect the joints and connective tissues. But a lot of times it really is just a lifestyle changes, you know, and some things that you can do to be proactive in your hip health is like keeping your weight in a healthy range, because the amount of weight that we put on our hips is directly related to the amount of pain that we experience, especially if someone has arthritis. So maintaining a healthy weight is important. Eating a balanced diet, vitamin C helps with the formation of collagen, and that helps cushion and lubricate the hip hip bones in their sockets and improve bone health, prevent 
fat fractures before she want to still eat the dark leafy greens and fatty fish like salmon and all of that, you know, trying to exercise regularly, you know, exercise helps keeps our hips greased up and ready to move and listening to your body. If your hips are saying, girl, set your ass back down in that chair, but sit correctly and quit wiggling around, then listen to your body. <laughs> yeah, totally. The reason though, is like when we talk about like most common hip ailments and you and I both have probably heard people in the studio who are recovering from A, B, C, or D, mm -hmm. right? Like you bring up fractures, like a huge problem in hips, especially as we age is, you know, risk by falls, you know, hip fractures that then maybe probably lead to hip replacements. And we hear mm -hmm. lots of students who've had hip replacements. But then with that too, also is the consideration of any tailbone or sacral impacts that students have had will potentially encourage weaker hips over time because of the damage that's been done to that SI joint, which pulls on the psoas, which pulls into the hips, which pulls into the tendons of the hips. So it's all so interrelated, right? Mm -hmm. You consider hip dislocations, you consider hamstring attachments. People who have over tight hamstrings are going to also probably have over tight hips. Mm -hmm. And this is a contributing factor. The same holds true with over tight hip flexors. A lot of times it's because of chronic sitting. So people who have desk jobs like me can conceivably have hip problems. And then you hear oftentimes of people who are overusing hips. So people who are big runners or people who have been big lifters, they maybe have like micro tendon tears, labral tears. Like we hear about all kinds of, oh gosh, I, I tore my groin, right? Well, all of these can create micro tears in the tendons and ligaments of the hips as well. And so anytime you are pulling a hamstring, pulling a quad, pulling a groin muscle, you're potentially creating micro tears to all of the smaller cursory tendons and ligaments that are within mm -hmm. the pelvis too, mm -hmm. which are going to contribute to hip pain and or hip problems in general. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the little, little tears and the little problems can definitely turn into big problems. Yeah. yeah. Always being a bit mindful of that. You know, when I first started teaching yoga, this one of the first trainings I went to, and I'd never heard this before. Of course, I've been teaching since 1999. So I've been teaching forever. But this one instructor, and I was in Austin, Texas, talked about, and it, I didn't realize this was common language in yoga, but she was said, the hips are the emotional depot of our body. We hold our emotions in our hips. And I just sat there and the whole time I'm sitting here nodding my head. Yes. Like, oh yes, of course they are. But inside I'm going, she is full of crap. I hold all of my emotions and tension and stress in my upper back. And I started doing very focused work on hips just to see if I noticed a difference in the people in the classes. And I did. When I did hip openers, even big men would be like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm crying cat. I don't know why I've got tears in my eyes. Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And people would you know, tell me I went, I got in the car. I couldn't even drive. I was just bawling. And I, you know, I just found it so interesting. And like, I generally, if I do a lot of hip openers, I personally don't manifest by crying. It doesn't manifest that way for me. I generally am just so much more lovey. When my kids were younger, I would just hold them and just hug them. And then of course they're like, get off me lady, you know, <laughs> but I, I end up expressing more emotion that way or laughing a lot more. So when you, when 
you hear that, believe it, people, because it really, it is a thing. It really is a thing. Especially like if we look at the triads and the chakras, the lower three chakras, one, two, and three in the lower triad, apexing at the heart, and the upper three in the upper triangle being the throat, the third eye, and the crown chakra, that any person who energetically has issues with chakras one, two, and three, the lower triad, then the depot is going to be in the hips. Mm-hmm. But the people who are struggling with issues in the upper three chakras are going to experience the depot at the heart and shoulders. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty much 50-50, you're either a hip depot or you're a shoulder depot. You know, I had never heard that before. See, look, you live, you learn, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. And then of course, there's people who are out of alignment in several chakras and then then they're maybe both <laughs> in there. But the, I mean, it's true. They're yeah. experiencing, you know, fibromyalgia or pain all over, right? Like this is mm-hmm. this is a real thing too. But on average, you're either a lower triad or an upper triad. So you're either the hip depot or you're the shoulder neck depot, heart shoulder neck depot, right? Mm-hmm. On yeah. average, on right. average. Wow. But so it's fun that you bring up the whole hip classes within students in your studio. And mm-hmm. the same is true. Sometimes the first time people experience a yin class, they might either leave like super pissed off. I hated that class. Yeah. Or they'll leave like a total mop and they're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> right. For that exact same reason, because yin class is so intense on the hips. It's insane. Yeah. Wow. That's super cool. So tell me, what are your favorite hip hoses? I had to narrow it down to 10. (laughs) (laughs) Because because like I said, you know, a lot of people come to the studio and I have found that uh, people that sit a lot or people that run a lot or people that hike a lot, they're all, they all have tight hips because of the type of movements they do or the lack of movement. But I love three-legged dog, especially when you roll and roll and open that hip back it stretches out our calves and our hamstrings and it's just a nice way to warm up the hips i love low lunge you know crescent lunges and low lunges because they release the tension that you're holding there in the hips and they stretch your hamstrings and your quads and your groin muscles lizard i know a lot of times when i do because i do lizard pose a lot a lot of people hate lizard i love it um but i do find that since i've been setting my little happy ass over on my right butt cheek more lately that side (laughs) is a lot tighter so I'm understanding more what the people that don't like lizard um, are feeling, but it does uh, stretch and open your hips and it increases your mobility and your flexibility. And we need that. Um, It also stretches the glutes, the hamstrings and the spine releases tension from your back. So it's just a great pose. Pigeon pose. I think anyone that does hip openers always includes pigeon and double pigeon. Those are great. Another one for the hips that I used to not, because I always think of hip opening and I never thought of cow face pose as a hip opener for the longest time because I thought well that's just stretching you know my IT band well yes it is but that whole outer leg goes up into your hip so cow face pose is another one that I do include there and it's a nice stretch for your glutes and then my last 
few. Let's see, Malasana Garland Pose. I do that one almost every day just in my life because I like it and it feels great to open the hips and the groin. Happy baby. Um, that opens and stretches your inner thighs, your hips, your groin. It also stretches hamstrings. I never considered it a hamstring stretch until I started getting, because I've got very limp, flexible hamstrings, until I started getting tons of people in my classes with tight hamstrings. And they felt it more in their hamstrings than anywhere else. I was like, ah, all right, there we go. And then my last two bound angle, uh, bound angles, groin, your uh, your adductors um, and the quads. And then the last one is the big, the big daddy of them all is frog pose. And that targets your hip flexors, your inner thighs, your groin muscles, your core. It It's just a wonderful pose. And there's many modifications and variations for it. So if you have knee problems, you can find a, we did um, frog in a restorative class with bolsters and blocks and everything for support. And it was incredible. Even people that don't normally like that pose just loved it. So those are my poses that I like. Nice. I did a few standing poses mm -hmm. and then I also chose bound angle that I want to refer to because mm -hmm. I brought up a couple variations that I think are super specific. But so standing postures, warrior two, and mm -hmm. then also moving into triangle, really mm -hmm. working on the real deep tissue of that hip socket, but then also a really good tree pose, mm -hmm. assuming that you're really using your glute and your adductors to equally stabilize the hip in opening. That's a mm -hmm. really great hip opening. And then one of my favorite maybe standing hip openers is half moon at the wall, mm -hmm. where you can really just stand up into that hip and really open up onto the wall, not worry so much about balancing, but really work about opening the hip, mm -hmm. really work on opening the hip. It's just really great. And then for bound ankle, I have this because it's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. But it's one of my favorites because so many people want to be so intense about it and they don't realize that there's so much more you can get out of bound ankle if you use the options available to you as opposed to I want to pull my feet in so close to me and jack my knees up so high like right like they're just so they want to be so intense about it. Mm -hmm. I always tell my students take and pull your knees in and then as you lean forward slide your feet out so that they the triangle of your feet would then be right where you would put your third eye mm -hmm. so to actually loosen up your bound ankle so that you can work towards folding in as opposed to having it so tight that your like hips are all jacked mm -hmm. right well, and that's the way we teach bound angle is with it two of your feet distant from your groin and it is super nice and yeah. even supporting your legs while you hinge for it I agree with you that's an incredible, incredible uh, yeah. way to do that one. I love it. And then I have two suggestions for recline bound ankle, mm -hmm. where you have the option to one, come into bound ankle and then prop your feet up on a block. So this would be for a person who knows that they have flexible enough hip flexors, but having your feet propped up is quite lovely. But then the other, when we move into restorative, I always remind students to place the block under the knees even if you know you don't need it, because then you're more likely to find complete relaxation and then the hip flexor will do what it needs to do in stretching. Mm -hmm. Because if you're trying to do it without the block, there's still your 
body mechanics trying to hold the knees in position, mm -hmm. right? And you don't get that complete relaxation, which is where you're going to get healing is in the complete relaxation. Absolutely. Yeah. Super cool stuff. Mm -hmm. I love it. So when you have a day when you are super stressed and you're just, you've had a day, do you have a hip opening pose that you even unconsciously go into? Bound ankle. Bound ankle. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mine is garland. <laughs> I love garland too. It's just a little bit hard on my knees. Uh -huh. So I can do it, but I can't usually find loveliness within it. Mm -hmm. right? I do love it. So listeners, can you tell us in the comments what your favorite hip openers are? And if you use them at home as well as in your classes, I'm just kind of curious because there are so many out there and, you know, even dancers pose helps with, you know, opening the hips. It stretches those hip flexors out and there's so many other... <laughs> <laughs> Tanya's getting ready to, to sneeze hard. <laughs> now I'm not because I laughed. I know. So anyway, but there are so many poses out there that we didn't mention that are hip openers as well. So tell us what you like best. Love it. Perfect. I'm Kat Khan. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.